0: Hey everyone, welcome to In Your Element from Tetramap, where our focus is on developing people and business the way nature intended. Our guests will be sharing their expertise on what it's like when you're working in your element and working in a great team where people value each other's differences. I'm Louise Duncan, your host, and look forward to sharing this with you in the coming weeks. Welcome, listeners, to the In Your Element podcast brought to you from TetraMap. And Today's episode is going to be fascinating because our guest is Jane Bedell from Connecticut in the US. Huge welcome to you, Jane. Thank you. So happy to be with you, Louise. It's uh, it's great. Now, Jane is a lawyer who's got a special interest in mediation to help parties who are in conflict reach uh, some resolutions. And what's particularly fascinating for me about her work is her specific focus is on family business mediation and family wealth. And I think it's fascinating and really valuable because when you're in conflict and you're in a family business, I would imagine it's a real nightmare scenario for some people. So Jane, anything you'd like to add to my introduction there?
1: I think you've hit the nail on the head, Louise. It can be a true nightmare in a way, not surprising, because if you care about the family and you care about the business, it is hard to have both take priority.
0: Mm. And as we know, it's when changing circumstances arise that conflict comes to the surface. And I think it's so great to hear a lawyer who wants to help both parties come away from the situation amicably through mediation. So I'm looking forward to learning more. And just for our listeners' um, interest, we actually met when we were starting our podcasting journey together. And it's been fascinating for me to listen to other Newport podcasters how their journey has evolved. And I have to say, Jane, I've really enjoyed learning and listening from your topic because we actually both have something in common. TetraMap's goal is also to help people reduce conflict and value another party's perspective. So I think we have a fair few synergies between us.
1: I think you're right. And I was not familiar with TetraMap until we met through the course and I was delighted to learn more about it and have you as a guest so that the whole concept could be highlighted for my listeners.
0: Yeah. And I think if we talk about, you know, we say one of our key, key core messages that strength lies in valuing differences, and your core message is about a positive and practical perspective on conflict, we can see how those two things work really nicely in synergy together. Absolutely. So let's start off, Jane, by learning a little bit more about you. And in terms of the theme of our our podcast, it's about uh, Jane, when you're in your element, what are you doing, thinking, or feeling?
1: So it's so interesting to have to give that some thought because I don't all the time. When I'm there, I'm there. I realized as I thought about it that professionally, when I am in my element, and I compare that somewhat to the idea of being in the zone, Mm -hmm. I am. I am thinking on my feet, although quite literally, I'm usually sitting, I'm not standing. (laughs) And I am with people who are struggling to have a conversation about why they are in a bad spot. And it is useful for me and rewarding for me when I can go with the ebb and flow and I can listen with patience and I can listen with confidence. And not be thrown by the fact that they are in conflict. That's what I do. So it's okay for me that they are in that spot. And when I am at my best, I can convey that confidence and calmness to them. And it helps them recognize okay, we're dealing with this. We're not sweeping it under the rug. Mm -hmm. We're not pretending it's not there. Mm -hmm. We're going to deal with this and we can. And I think that's so important because people can feel it's overwhelming
0: it is overwhelming. And to be able to put your view across to somebody who's clearly a good listener is also important because, you know, that anxiety just makes people want to get it off their chest and lay blame and all the rest of it. And your role as a good listener is to allow that to happen and then look for how do we move forward, I guess. That's a big
1: piece of it. And sometimes it's as important as anything that I can Explicitly, and then more uh, more in the sense of how I behave, reassure folks that this doesn't mean they're bad people. Mm-hmm. Especially when they are involved in something that has both emotion and an, a rational aspect to it. For instance, this seems like a very small thing, but it is important to me. If I go somewhere where we're going to literally sit around a table, that I bring a box of tissues. It's right. okay if someone's teary-eyed, and that has happened many, many times, especially important for a 50- or 60-year-old man mm, mm. to know it's okay. It yeah. means you can deeply about what's going on. Nothing to be ashamed of, and boy, have I seen
0: it before. Yeah, I think that must be very reassuring for people, even though they perhaps uh, might not expect that tear to come at that point. That's definitely an, a reaction, an unexpected emotion that perhaps is, has often been suppressed. But it just does show how much people care. So I think that's a really, really cool point. Precisely. And I, I noticed you use the, the term about ebb and flow. And that leads me on to thinking about my next question, which relates to nature. And it was really around something that's important to you about nature and how it, you see that that links to the emotion that goes on in human nature.
1: Well, it is interesting, and they are related as I was thinking about this. And I realized how much I enjoy the waves at the shore of an ocean. And there is that ebb and flow. And what I find, what are the words I want? I think both reassuring and challenging at times. Most of the time, it's quite consistent. It's quite regular, quite predictable. And I think that's true in in life as well. But then there are times when it isn't. It is anything but that. And those are, to me, the moments of challenge. So I think about how in the ocean you can count on those waves. And some people go to sleep to them every night. And if they're not (laughs) happening, it's very hard to sleep. Um, I'm not one of those people often enough I find that I can hear that wonderful sound. But then... Similarly, the ebbs and flows in human life, but there are those moments when everything seems to be just off the rails, and that can be very challenging, but also sometimes an opportunity.
0: Yes, I suppose it's like energy, isn't it if if you use it if you use the metaphor of the waves generally being calm and gentle and regular and then all of a sudden there'll have been a storm and the the way the waves come in they're crashing against the shore they're crashing against the rocks and it's not something you see that often but it also brings a bit of excitement um that might not be the right word in your context but it definitely has a change when there's been some storm brewing out in the ocean which then comes into the shore
1: yes definitely
0: so the thing that we both share, I think, is that sometimes conflict is good, and we'll come on to that in a little moment.
1: I agree 100%. And I think that's not a common perspective, but I think we do share that one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jane. So thanks. I asked you if you had a particular quote or reading that was something that you particularly like to share. And I, I, the reason I asked that is I am a big lover of words. And I think quotes and short readings help people to make sense of things?
1: Well, it's so interesting that when we just started talking just now, you mentioned the possibility that changing circumstances can create conflict. And I agree, but I also think there are great opportunities when you are in conflict. And the quote that came to my mind is one that I actually spoke about not long ago on my podcast, And that is the idea that the only constant is change. And that is something that people have talked about for hundreds of years. Sometimes it's phrased different ways, but the idea that nothing is permanent, I think that can be very helpful when people are struggling in some way with conflict and they find themselves feeling they're at an impasse and it's hopeless. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. And mm. I, right now, I'm not thinking in terms of when I would be personally involved, but more of the self-help, do-it-yourself, let's see what we can do. Mm. Something, mm. something mm. is going to change. Either people will get some new information, people will have the, a change in their own priorities and feel, mm, I can revisit that because I really feel differently about some aspect now, or the people themselves will change. It yes. used to be these three people. Someone else's energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and that those are wonderful opportunities. They're windows that open where folks can say to themselves, oh, wait a minute. Now that we aren't aligned in exactly the same way, let's take another look at this, and they can have a, a
0: hopeful possibility there. Yes, it's interesting, Jane. That reminds me of if you can use sometimes a tangible thing to help you see another perspective another view on things that it's your perspective which is changing not necessarily the person but this too can change and the ability of the human mind to be able to formulate another perspective is actually something that's also very very helpful and I, I agree with you it's a great quote and I have a favorite of mine, which is similar in that this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're in that situation and you think we're never going to get past it, a year down the line, you've realized that you have. And that's where your work is very helpful in helping people perhaps sometimes hold that mirror up and say, let's look at another perspective of this.
1: Absolutely. And so hard sometimes to accept the idea that the other person's perspective is not necessarily inferior, it is different. And sometimes to even allow yourself to think this through and say, okay, even if I were in that other person's shoes, I still wouldn't agree with that perspective. You can accept that and still say, that doesn't mean I need to dismiss that other person Mm. or their point of view. Mm. We're just not seeing things the same way. Now, we may, as you say, need to look at it from a slightly different angle. We may, on some matters, need to agree to disagree, but it doesn't mean that we have to put ourselves in constant friction because one of us has to, quote, win. What a great <laughs> perspective.
0: Yeah, that whole win lose thing is often something that's associated with the legal profession. And I think it's great to meet somebody like you who's taken a step out of that and realized that nobody actually has to lose. There will be a way to find a resolution.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and certainly in the legal system in the US, the winners can pay such a heavy price in terms of emotional toil time, energy, and actual money. It doesn't always feel like a win when you get to the end. If somehow you are described as the prevailing party, well, okay, but wow, the price that was
0: paid. How interesting. Um, (laughs) Thank you, Jane. Yeah. I just wondered, is there something that you could describe to us, Jane, a meaningful story about your work, which would help bring all this to life in a, in a real life context? I was thinking of
1: something that wasn't too complicated, but was quite easy to picture. Yeah. And, and I thought back to a situation, this was in a workplace and the person who I'll I'll call the employee, I'll say employee and supervisor. That's how I'll describe these folks. The employee was leaving the building to go do an assignment offsite, Had to go do this and fell, tripped and fell, leaving and cried out. The supervisor did not respond at all. And the employee kept going and then proceeded to fester in anger, simmering tension. And it seemed like at some point it became apparent to the supervisor that it had something to do with an injury but still didn't understand what was going on and why there was so much anger and resistance to instructions and everything else. So it seemed like a pretty simple thing. But when we got into the room together, that was when there could be a reasonable conversation because they had set themselves into these rigid I'm right and you're wrong positions. They couldn't get themselves out. And my job was mostly just to give them an opportunity to have a conversation that took them away from those positions. So as we started to talk about what happened, the supervisor said, what? I had no idea. I literally did not hear what you said. I heard nothing. I didn't know that it happened at the time. That's why I didn't respond. Well. That then led to a little bit of, oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't be quite so angry, which also led to a little bit from the supervisor's perspective of, how horrible do you think I am mm. that I would have completely <laughs> ignored you? Yeah. Really, that's not my style. But because they had gotten themselves stuck in this knee-jerk reaction of, how dare you, but I won't tell you what it is, because of course you know, which was right. not true. Yeah, and then the yeah, other one yeah. saying, how dare you be insubordinate and so rude to me, they just got stuck there. What I think is also kind of interesting, Louise, is this to me illustrates the more abstract concept that we all want to be heard. We want to be acknowledged, even if someone doesn't agree with us in some way. In this instance, it could have been, okay, I see you tripped and fell. You still look okay to me, so go. That doesn't mean you get the rest of the day off. But this person felt I've just been, I've been dissed, as we say. Somehow I've been treated so poorly. But so interesting that more typically, it's not literally someone does not hear us, but that we feel we're being ignored. Mm. Our suggestions tossed out of hand of nope, rejection, that's no good. That we really need someone to listen to what we say, hear what we say even if our ideas are rejected politely after that. It's a huge difference to at least listen with respect and consider what someone else has to say.
0: Yeah, what I find fascinating about that example, Jane, is that they had it had got to the stage where they needed then to bring in a mediator over what would appear to have been a simple, hey, I didn't see that happened, or... Whatever it is, you know, and this is how people sometimes act, don't they? They 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 carry the burden with them and they I think it's called the ladder of influence, inference, if that's the mm-hmm. correct term. Yes. Where you continue to add another step rung on the ladder where the thing builds up in your own mind to something way bigger than it actually was. What a fascinating example that you've used there. And the fact of people being heard and you hear this all the time in relationships and where, yes. you know, marriage relationships break down and things like that because the other party doesn't feel heard and therefore by not feeling heard it makes them feel inferior and hurt and all those negative emotions which allow things to be, you know, continue to, to be blown out of all proportion in some in some ways. and I'm not saying this was the case in your example but just That's the illustration of what happens when people don't feel heard in many workplace situations, in many, many, many workplace situations, because I think as humans, going back to the initial conversations, we're perhaps not always taught about how to listen well. Yes. And I think we don't learn
1: or we're not educated to think about why it matters, And if your mindset is, well, I'm the boss, this person isn't going to have anything useful to say. Why should I listen? It's going to save me time to just say, no, I don't want to hear about it. Just just, just do it my way and let's move on. Mm, That's fascinating. that That seems efficient. Why would I do anything else? Well, because you're humans and you're in a working relationship and everyone is going to benefit and actually be more productive if you can work well together. So that small investment usually pays off.
0: Well, you know, we could talk forever about this, but I think it's clear that, you know, you've got such an incredible expertise in this area of conflict and resolution and solution. Is there something that you would like to leave, which might be a, a, a great gift for anyone listening to this podcast on that particular topic?
1: Well, Louise, because I do, and I think this is a little odd and unusual. I know I'm a little bit of an odd duck this way. I do have a positive perspective on conflict. I am optimistic about what people can do and how they can get better at handling it. I encourage people, be encouraged. Look for those small opportunities to make some progress, to resolve a conflict. And even better, find ways to not get yourself into the conflict in the first place. And that can often be as simple as thinking about what you're about to say, what you're about to do or not say or not do, and give it some thought. Is this the best way for me to engage with this other person? usually I really want to get to the substance of what it is we're trying to do together, especially in a workplace. And if we get caught up on the communication part, the way I project things, we don't get to the substance. So
0: giving that a little more thought can have a great payoff. So I think that actually links very nicely, Jane, to your podcast, right? (laughs) Which I have to tell you, I've become a bit hooked on. Um, I'm and glad to hear that. Well, I think it's something that you need a regular reminder of. You can't become an expert at this overnight. Even though you might understand the theory, you've got to work hard on the practice. So it leads me to thinking about your last episode was called React, Respond, or Reply. And I'm just wondering if we could leave our listeners with, of course, we want them to continue listening to the Tetra Map in your Element podcast. But would you like to leave the listeners, Jane, with a link to your podcast okay. and you know, where they can find you? Thank you, Louise. Absolutely. So the name of the podcast is Crafting
1: Solutions to Conflict. You can find the website by the same name, to Conflict.com or you can find it on any of the major listening apps and take a take a taste and see what it is that's interesting to you. I've had some insightful guests, including you, Louise. Great fun. Mm -hmm. And I also, as you mentioned, have shorter episodes that are a topic or a tip, something to just think about a little bit.
0: Yeah, well, I can really recommend listening into those. And that's, that's Thank you, Jane. So if you want to find Jane's podcast, that's where you can find her. You can connect with her on LinkedIn or via her business website, which is Dovetail uh, Resolutions. Is that correct? That's right. Dovetailresolutions.com. Okay, great. Jane, thank you so much for your insightful answers to my questions and your lovely approach to this positive and practical perspective on conflict I think if the world took on that more it would become a more peaceful and happier place for all of us so really thank you for the valuable work you're doing and I know you do a lot of giving back work too to support this for those communities who perhaps can't afford to engage the legal uh, services that you provide but it's really valuable I think so thanks again for all you're doing Your part to make the world a better place to be.
1: Well, thank you, Louise. It's a delight to talk with you and to touch base again with Tetramap.
0: Thank you very much. All right. Lovely to talk to you. Thanks again, listeners. We look forward to hearing some more from other insightful guests in the coming episodes. Goodbye and thank you again. Bye.